parts. Welcome to Best Boys, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringes bitches. <laughs> I am your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. <laughs> Neo. I am the one. How may I help you? What do we have on the docket today, Neo? The world is a lie. The Matrix, it's everywhere. The wind that you feel, the sewage that you smell, it's all just a construct of the mind. <laughs> um, yeah, there's oh, a lot man. of a, you gotta, there's a lot of enunciation in the Matrix. Everybody speaks with perfect diction. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne probably has the best, like, just i don't know not accent but just like dialogue like dialect of just delivery of anyone in a movie it's so just you just want to believe and listen to everything he's saying <laughs> i'm we're gonna talk about that because uh the i feel like there was a difference in his performance from the first film to the second film mm. um and but yeah we are entering the matrix not to be confused no, no. with the ps2 game of the same name um and that's the thing about oh, yeah. the Matrix, you know. You you got to remember it's a it's a multimedia, you know, franchise, and it's not the first to do it. Star Wars, obviously, in the '90s, really became a multimedia juggernaut with the video games and comics and books, and but this really tried to just dive right into that as well. But before I even get into that, let's talk about the original, the O Jesus. The number one. Come back to 1999. Enter the Wachowskis, Lily and Lana. Um, and uh, yeah, I will say, I'm just going to get, we're just going to jump right into it. I feel like um, the Matrix is our entry point for the Wachowskis. So why not just talk about it? I, this is one of my, I think for a long time I slept on how important this movie this was how important this movie was to me um and kind of just cuz like I seen it so many times um and then you know you kind of grow there's a fondness that has grown in me and like I've wanted to go back and watch it uh since and uh I finally have gotten the opportunity to I, I when I found out a new matrix was coming it was like the perfect reason to just let's wait wait till the new movie comes out binge them all and see how we feel about the the franchise as a whole. Um, but mm. yeah, what uh, what do you think about the Matrix? I think at the time when I was growing up, this was like the coolest thing in the world. I remember cutting out an ad. Uh, me and my old friend Jordan cut out an ad in a magazine for one of the the Matrix Reloaded phones, like the newer ones. Uh, that did like the pop out thing, and, and just we just wanted to feel cool. Uh, honestly, it, it curbed my entire desire for cell phones in general as a kid because I just thought it was so cool. Oh, yeah, just, you uh, were. I remember that you were really into cell phones, even when, um, like you were trying to find old ones that looked like yeah. Matrix phones. 
Um, I just thought it was so cool, like the the in and out, um, like using the phones as a uh, as a form of like a, a gateway, an exit, um, was so interesting. But the uh, a lot of just my I'm realizing after watching this movie, just like a lot of like love and affinity for action and anime definitely culminates with this movie. It's more than just, it's more than just that, but that I think are the two obvious ones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I would say rewatching these, rewatching these, I was just doing it more from like now as a, like a been, I've been working in film for a decade now. And with these kind of eyes, it's been a few years since I've seen, uh, the matrix and it's been even longer since the reloaded, but, um, yeah, just so much of just how it's shot. The cinematography, um, is just so you see all the inspiration from like different, like kind of anime styles and everything. It's so, uh, interesting and just cool to rewatch and just see it. And just, I, cause there's so much of like filmmaking stuff that I love and, and want and, and constantly talk to my friends about how just like encourage them to watch anime if they are DPs, just because it's such a weird visual and wild visual format that is so hard to replicate in film. Um, like I said, I don't think it's just anime. I don't, there's a lot more going on here than just anime. Because um, I think if that's all it was, it would n- not be as you know special as it is. I mean, anime is a big part of it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, if you the, if you listen to the stuff that they talk about in the makings of the Matrix, you know it's it's comic books and eighties uh, mm. and nineties action, uh, John Woo flicks, uh, kung fu flicks, uh, you know Bruce Lee, Jet Li, etc. Uh, obviously the BDSM, uh, leather fashion, uh, techno mm. industrial music. Um, there's like a whole vibe curated here that has, that influence has influenced so many other things since then. And it has kind of become like a joke to a point. Cause it's, you know, it's been so overdone. It's like the edginess turned up as far <laughs> as it can go while still being, um, you know, not it's not so ridiculous that you can't be into it. Uh, and it's actually it's just incredibly cool. And I feel like it plays to like the stuff that that uh, not just boys, but but like the edgy bro aesthetic um, a mm. lot that you think about from the like the that the 90s and and the 80s kind of build up to. And this was the culmination of all of these things um, and, and uh, into one. And yeah, the action, the shooting. The, the martial arts, um, the the costuming, the the coloring of everything. Um, it's just iconic. And um, it can feel, like I said, there's like a, a cheesiness that happens, and I think you really experience it with the sequels. But the first film uh, is a perfect balance of all of the of all of that stuff. Um and and uh, it's really is a, a a masterpiece of a film. It's probably mm. one of my. I, I'm reminded that it is. I think I forget to put it in my top films, but it is absolutely possibly one of my favorite films ever ever made. Yeah, I definitely put it up there in in the top ten, if not top five. Um, especially after rewatching, it just holds up so well. Um, from like storytelling, line delivery. There's some things where I didn't realize that like. Uh, Keanu Reeves has some like kind of not cheesy one-liners, but more like comedic one-liners that I remembered. Um, but uh, overall, though, yeah, it's just it's. It, I feel like it gets better every time I go back to watch it. Um, yeah, the the others. Uh, um, 
Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, and it is, it, it just, it flirts with that, that, it, that action cheese uh, without, mm -hmm. without going too far. It's still like the lore is interesting. And like, if you think too much about it, it probably, it kind of unravels a little bit with the machines and the energy sources and shit. But if you just, mm -hmm. you know, enjoy it for what it is uh, as this interesting, you know, sci-fi thing, the concepts, the broad concepts are uh you know they're they are deep and they can they can engage you on a deeper level but it's also just a lot of fun on the surface and i think that's why it works so well that's why the and i think that's why the first one works compared to the sequels um mm. like it is this it has the balance perfected it's not dumping exposition on you the entire time it is a lot more showing than telling and when they do tell they try to show as much as possible with it mm. um like it, the sequels don't do that. The sequels, you end up just having a ten-minute scene with a guy talking to you about and dumping all this lore mm. about the Matrix. And I, so and this is, I wanted to bring this up. But uh, if you have something that you want to say, um, just about the Matrix and at Broad. But I was thinking about, um, you know, the, um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyways, I'll just pass it back to you. Well, I was going to start diving and doing deep dive talking about specific things um, just for uh, for the Matrix one. But uh, uh, difference wise, yeah, there's there's a total um, not not uh, I wouldn't say like a genre shift or anything like that. It's definitely still feels like the Matrix for the sequel, but this what they uh, how they do the pacing and, and it just feels more like a dedicated world building. Movie. OK, I remember what I was going to say. So um, so with Star Wars with franchises, with worlds, with lore. Um, and I wanted to bring up that Star Wars and and Dune and Lord of the Rings and obviously mm. just the 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 hero's journey are definitely also influences on uh, the, this as well um, in terms of like the setting up the world and the like the deeper characters the deeper lore I see Dune a lot in the second movie with like the the dan you know like the the cave dances and, and a lot of the, the, Zion, the Fremen. and the Zion. Yes. And the Zion stuff. I never saw it until this time and I'm really mm. immersed in Dune right now. So I don't know if I would have noticed this otherwise, but I was going to say yeah. um, that when you're really into a world, so star Wars, the first star Wars, you, you can include Empire strikes back too, but the first star Wars is such a great film on its own that you are just interested in learning more about this world that seems so vast. There's so many, every background character is interesting. I want all those action figures, you know? But it, it wasn't just about owning the action figure, it was about like learning this deeper character um, in the world. And th once you have that experience with the original film, and it's like a 10 out of 10 film, I think that your standard like you, you will watch a shittier product in that world because mm -hmm. just for the chance to learn more lore about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, look at the the Star Wars sequel movies. Exactly, we all saw those, and only to see because we wanted to see where everyone was and where the world is, and all exactly that, not because they were good. <laughs> That's why reboot the reboot shit is is so uh, lucrative. Is yeah. if you can establish a franchise and establish a universe like the MCU, it makes everything must see. The FOMO, you know, I don't want to miss what's happening in this world. It, that's I think that's how Star Wars, and this is in that saga of development of this technique, um, narrative mm -hmm. technique, uh, is uh, you know you you get the MCU. The MCU is the extension of this, where you everything is in you know builds on the world and it's. 
it's uh, TV shows and movies and um, and and whatnot. And, and then yeah. you have the big one where they all come together. And um, so that's how I feel about the Matrix. I, I'm bringing the bag and I'll wrap it up. That it, it with the Matrix sequel is like, yeah, they might not be as good, but I the first movie is so fucking cool and so fucking good that I just want more. And I don't care if it's not if it's mediocre. It's because I love this world so much, it enhances it, its quality to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say by the by the time I got through the Animatrix, I was just ready for all lore, regardless of what it was. Absolutely, I'm, just, I'm super into this. Um, and I was to your point earlier. I was gonna say big budget movies like franchises are just now big budget television at the theaters. Absolutely, every even if the next movie is shitty, it'll still include one gotcha have to see thing that'll make you want to watch it. Um, even if it's not the whole movie, at least watch the clip of it later just to get like keep that info and it keeps baiting you on for the next one, hoping that it'll be good, but also they'll, they'll cliffhanger it or they'll teardrop. Um, yeah. I might learn a little, learn a little more about the, the, you know, a character I like, and even the most popular shows, uh, game of Thrones, uh, is probably the main example is, a, is very much structured in a similar way where it's this vast world with a ton of characters and ton of plots interweaving and um, you might not be interested in this one storyline, but you it, you might find out something about this other storyline because of it. And it's uh, and it keeps you hooked and you're just hanging on. And I think that, um, you know, it starts with with these with these kinds of franchises. And I mean, it goes back to books with stuff like Dune and Lord of the and Tolkien, even before mm-hmm. that, um, where it, I think that's one of the earliest, at least Western examples. Um uh, but uh, I don't know. That's where I'm at with the Matrix. Is I love this world, um, but so that might make create a bias for this. But I think the first film stands on its own, um, regardless, as an all time great. Like, it is Star mm. Wars level. Th- like, do you agree with that? Um, original, I, just the, like the, a New Hope. Original versus Matrix. the Matrix. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would a, say it's, it's they on being... that level of uh, like uh, like um the mass media zeitgeist like taking over because it did influence a whole um, fashion and just era like half decade of just being into like cyberpunk and and shit. Well, cyberpunk now obviously is huge still, um, but just like at that time, like it I mean, I wanted new, to wear trench it, coats. And it fucking, breathed new life into it. Even the aesthetic, it created yeah. a, a a new aesthetic around it, and it and exactly it synthesized things. But so, what about as a film? Not as just a cultural touchstone. Sorry, I was coughing, but. Uh, as a film, yeah, I, w- I would say because it created bullet time effect for movies going forward. Uh, cinematically, for it being 99, this thing looks so farther ahead of its time, a la New Hope with the special effects. Um, like, I watched this in, in 4K uh, HDR, and it like looked like a modern movie just shot on film because um, it still there's maintains some, like, that texture. Effect. There's some CG, but but on but none of it looks bad. It just like it doesn't look as good as it could be today if it was made today. Yeah, but that is it, and it is honestly barely any of those moments in the first film. The Sentinels like, are probably the, the worst pod, looking thing. 
Yeah, I was going to Yeah, the Sentinel is definitely the worst. But the scene where he comes out of the pod when he first wakes up and that big thing grabs him by the neck and unplugs him like that still looked good. Oh, well, like, it's all mostly practical. Yeah, it um, looks it's like the main when the main thing you're seeing is is like all practical. I think you're mm-hmm. much more forgiving to the background because your eyes are transfixed on, you know, yeah, what's in front of like, you. CGI, it, it's better as a compliment than a, than a uh, necessity. If that makes I sense. think that's why the Star Wars prequels are still watchable. Not, I don't, not in terms of like actual movies, but in terms of the CG. Like they have, mm. a, they've had li- life longer than you know the, the age uh, than they should. Um, um, Which yeah. is wild for that one because most of the prequel films are shot with like no real set. Like the chairs are real, but everything else is on blue screen. Well, they credit um, they credit the Matrix trilogy and the prequel trilogy for like uh, taking movie like technical mm-hmm. shit to the next level in the two thousands. Um, yeah, like like the prequels the, pushing just uh, really pushed CGI as real far as it could go, and I feel like the Matrix just pushed what you could do cinematically from like everything from like like when you have the the Morpheus escaping the torture scene where it just has that slow motion bullet time zoom from Morpheus from the back and then runs up onto his feet getting shot like in the water um like stuff like that those angles like at the time it just couldn't be done and they all these first time camera rigs just for this movie where it's all photo cameras and a ring to make the bullet yeah yeah 100 cameras all taking like the dude was talking in an interview I was watching about just doing all the math first and then having to work back from there um to try to get everything has to be mathematically correct or it doesn't work um it's just all these new techniques and stuff that became the forefront for the future um especially for cgi doing like 3d photo scanning of people and all that stuff all right but um, well you're talking way a lot about the technical but i'm but as films as movies like as <laughs> entertainment not as a technical aspect what I would say, films. well, I would say Star Wars has the more family broad appeal that The Matrix. I'm wouldn't. not asking about that. I'm not asking about a mass appeal. I'm asking about a movie versus a movie, A versus B. Um, like, yeah, are they? Yeah. Are they think, not? Yes. Not that they one can't be better than the other, but are they on the same in the same conversation? Um, I would say in terms of personal experience and just how you enjoy these movies. I don't. Sorry, I don't mean. But that's like the answer I'm trying to get out of you because i i wondered this myself i pondered this myself like i think the answer is yes and if you would have asked me 10 years ago i think i would have immediately said no but then i Mm -hmm. had to dwell on it more you know because star wars is so important to kid me and then matrix is important to preteen like uh like a little bit older me um yeah and it's more adult and it introduced me to more darker bleaker art where star wars is not bleak in any way and uh where the animatrix specifically which we'll talk about but uh but all right okay that answered my question so let's talk about the the matrix itself i think and this is one thing we haven't praised it for is it's a the cast is fucking perfect Mm -hmm. um it's like top to bottom the background the background people um you know the whole like the way everyone's stylized i know i talked about the costuming um but like joey pants our boy joey pants is back um and and he plays cypher um as we've mentioned in previous episode carrie and moss this is 
you know, her and the height of her powers. Same with Lawrence Fishburne. This is probably his magnum opus, I would say. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't want to hear that. But as far as culturally and just in a phenomenal powerhouse of a performance, I would say he has the best performance of the film. Uh, it's uh, between it's between him and Hugo Weaving, but I think Hugo yeah. Weaving's a little cheesy. Got a little bit of more cheese, a little bit of mm. more cheese in. Uh, he had in, a ham sandwich before he started. Yeah, it's a little bit more, especially even in the first one. Um, mm. But but I think Morpheus is a much more a bunch better balance. Uh, but yeah, the phenomenal cast. What any uh, anything you want to say about any of that? Uh, I'm in full agreeance. I don't. I can't imagine if Will Smith would have got ended up casting this instead of uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. But um, oh my god, uh, yeah. that would have been worse. Yeah, that was that was yeah. Apparently, Will Smith turned it down for Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I saw that you, that YouTube video. You did I think he would have been all right? He does have a similar energy, uh, not quite he, the same. He's the ham-fisted king. He's but if, if he would have played it as like dumb, you know, like how mm. Keanu plays it as dumb Keanu and it's yeah. perfect because you are being revealed this world because we are dumb. The audience doesn't know anything that's going on in this movie's intro and like even past like the, the, the intro whole like act, the first act. We don't know anything about the Matrix and it is mm. very confusing. So I watched it with Riss, my partner, and she... um never saw any of the matrixes before and i so i kept and i kept my mouth shut i was really good about it and uh she was just like had no i we were so far in and she had no idea what the matrix was yet and it was just everyone's in, hinting what is the matrix what is the matrix oh da, 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 da. and she was very intrigued and then like the you know it goes into the scene with neo running through the office and then you know the scene in the car where they suck the thing out of him and then he's got the red pill blue then you got the red pill blue pill scene each scene takes you to the next scene like you're hanging on and the next scene is awesome like it's just you're fully engaged beginning to end even though it's a two-hour film it wears that time so so well honestly mm -hmm. better than a film that i we've watched for this podcast in a while we watch a lot of two-hour plus films um mm -hmm. that this film never drags and maybe and then there's one part that i will bring up later um never drags they agreed um and uh it's just perfectly paced perfectly paced uh the action to the to talk the interesting you know to quiet moments it has emotion it's not just raw you know punching and shooting killing um there is a ton of killing of just regular people um like there's a lot of shooting up of you know cops a lot of cops get killed in the first one especially um and they're just supposed to be regular guys like they're not they're not agents or anything like that and they're just could be and neo is killing them all like it's nothing um but uh but yeah it's well, yeah amazing amazing stuff yeah the um the way that the uh, the first one goes with uh, the pacing uh, to go up, piggyback off what you were saying was we talked a lot on a previous episode about how the long movies that every scene still had purpose, but it just was too much that we need to cut down. This is a movie where also every scene has significant purpose, but even the slow scene, like the the calm scenes, I don't want to call them slow because they don't feel slow in the no, there, no, nothing ride of a slow. film. Um, it's just so like it just what you need to know shows it 
bear, like says just whatever gaps that showing it doesn't give and it um just moves on to the next thing and it it it, it, uh, it doesn't treat the viewer like an idiot it, it's you know not but also not hand holding it doesn't much. dump you yeah it doesn't dump information on you it reveals <clears throat> slowly um <clears throat> and it doesn't feel even like rushed like it's not like the quiet moments no, are short not at all it's not like anything short it's just you're really getting Herpes. to know these characters i feel like we didn't have a lot of time with the crew but like mm-hmm. in terms of speaking, but at the same time, I really very much was invested in them when they died. Like I feel it. It's mm-hmm. it cr- fucking creeps me out every time they get killed. Since I was a kid, yeah. it bugged me watching them die. Um, like that, not like this, not like this. Yeah. The um yeah I the background cast is more of a I was watching it this view going um now knowing like the the transgender themes and stuff like that so i was paying attention to, like switch more and just like everybody's appearance in and out of the matrix and just pay, trying to pick up on that stuff this time around and uh i the yeah the first as soon as mouse gets shot right in the beginning of that uh that tower sequence the raid sequence yeah um it is just oh man oh man even though i've seen it all before it's just like yeah yeah uh, fuck up like traitorness just slowly happen one by one over the course of the last hour of the movie is uh um and they kill so many characters really quickly like all this Mm -hmm. like five people die and then we're just left with you know trinity um tank trinity uh neo and morpheus to you know figure It it out it does a great job of just really powering home like the agents aren't to be fucked with in the matrix is something that you are as far more dangerous than neo probably originally thinks because he just lived in it as a regular person yeah um but really yeah just how killing those people in such a short amount of time it's really just like oh fuck this is way more real if you didn't think it was real to begin with um i the, the agents i think are done the best in this movie speaking of um, mm-hmm. because they, they have power, like you're, they're fe- you're fearful of them. Um, and then mm-hmm. by the end, yeah, Neo overcomes that, but they feel like they're very much remind me of the T whatever from the liquid Terminator from mm-hmm. Terminator two. That's what another one I was going to say. There's a lot of, obviously, I know we keep bringing up eighties and nineties in as a whole, but in specifics, Terminator is a huge mm. influence on this. The Terminator future is pretty similar to the Matrix future. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say the agents are very similar to the Liquid guy um, in terms of, like, they're unstoppable. They can take anyone's form or, like, they can, you know, jump into somebody's body mm. um, and that kind of shit. They they have a very, very similar role and that they're unstoppable. And we are running from them until the difference is is till neo is able to you know believe his oneness and be mm-hmm. and whoop their ass and that's like the main plot of the first film is overcoming the the, the agents um, it's almost kind of like a, a disappointment that they kind of, that the agents could kind of put on the the wayside in the sequels um in comparison to the main plot um, I, I don't like the actors to play them as much either like obviously no there's no hugo weaving like no but standout it, of well, it's, it doesn't that. they don't need to have a standout that's not what i mean i mean like they're like just seem like muscly dudes in the late in the future films where they seem like actually they seem more believable as you know real fbi cia kind of yeah. agents um, yeah, definitely. Like Hugo um, Weaving's not a big ass dude. Um, I think only one of them. One of them was kind of big in the first movie, but the other two were like yeah. pretty normal size. I don't. I don't. I think when they look like bodybuilders, it takes me out of it a little bit. 
and that's what I kind of mean by like I don't mean like a standout as like a star or something. It's just someone that like they like, don't need Hugo to have Weaving lines. Is, is, yeah, his demeanor, his stature, just how he walks, how he his presence is just intimidating, and he's not a big guy. I like that um, they look a little bit different. Yeah, they look a little different. They all have brown hair. They're all white guys with yeah. brown hair, but they have different statures, I guess, mm. to set them apart more. They look a little too samey in the in the later ones. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't. Also, what doesn't help is that like he only really care like get fearful of an agent when only when Neo's not on screen in the sequels because they don't really problem. pose a threat. I think that's why they don't use them that much. I think that's why what the Wachowski's reasoning for cha- changing the roles. Yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 stakes have now risen. It's like an anime. You know, the villain from last season once they're beaten, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're no they're no big deal now. Uh, any you know now it's the next big bad um that's even stronger which is yeah like they bring in all the we can we'll we'll talk about that in a second i think we can start trying to wrap up this first matrix here um it's just revolutionary in so many ways uh like we said pace is great we didn't talk about the oracle scene the oracle scene is fantastic gloria foster mm-hmm. plays the oracle in the first two films um well i guess like uh, f- yeah the first two films she is amazing and has so much uh um charisma and and really sells you on on this vibe of the oracle i really love the mul- the like the all the, this movie these movies the whole series are really great about you know female characters and it's a very diverse cast and world you notice that all mm. the bad guys are white there are never mm. any bad guys that are not white um, or at least the, the the agents and the police are always white. Yeah. The, um, and the architect. And the, and... Yeah. The second film, you got the werewolf, werewolf ghost people or whatever. Um, but they were so white, they're albino. Well, yeah. I mean, there was like an Asian guy in that crew, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I, there's definitely so much commentary that I never saw when I was a kid, and like the capital, the capitalism stuff is obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um the uh the authority the, the authority the police state stuff with the you know there's a lot of anti-authority with their op- the re- the opening scene not opening but in the, the earlier in the film where he's talking to his boss and the boss is like giving him some corny ass cliche work speech mm-hmm. and then like there's a lot of like fuck cops themes throughout all these movies and uh stuff like that like there's anti-authority and um and then just uh, like you know, you got free in your mind, and and those kinds of things. But also, me and Riss were also trying to spot out the stuff about the you know trans uh, issues and the trans experience. And the one thing that we kept uh, noticing is there was a lot of talk about you know defining your true self. Like it, mm-hmm. you know your your self is not defined by who you are in the Matrix you know here in the real world is you can be your true self and you can be you mm-hmm. know you can be the person that you're meant that you want to be and that you're meant to be whether it's fate or whatnot and like there's a lot of fate talk but there's also a lot mm-hmm. of like if you you know follow your heart and do it and and make your own choices that it'll lead you to the your your ultimate destiny you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's like free will yeah, the- fate stuff there's a line whenever Morpheus is first like putting Neo into the control simulation to show him what the world currently likes with like the red leather chairs and stuff. Yeah. And Morpheus drops a line of like, uh, you know, notice that your plug is gone, your hair is gone. This is what your brain, uh, self-identifying image or whatever is. Yes, um, that was very, that was very much, um, 
Yeah, and that's like a subtle, such a subtle line for the time because obviously it being something that's not on the forefront of of, of media and, and all that. But looking back to it, it's like uh, a clear as day. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be pretty hard to argue against it um, being about anything else. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, that that is absolutely. Uh, I yeah, we felt that for sure. Um, yeah, defining your true self, whatever that you know, whatever that may be. Um, and it's it's really interesting and, and and to see to see that and to see even hearing them speak back then and thinking about you know the where they are now and mm-hmm. uh, like the Wachowskis, I mean, and um, it's just it's interesting and it makes a lot of sense and they, you know they're really important artists and they made something really important to a lot of people and uh, I think that it didn't, uh, there's a lot of I have people that I see in comments and stuff that are like, don't understand, uh, the, the change. And it's, it's obvious if you think about the more you think about it in, in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense. And, Mm -hmm. um, and just happy that, that this helped them realize, um, you know, themselves as well, Mm -hmm. um, themselves as well. So, so, all right, we talked about the themes, uh, which are great, and they're not—they don't beat—they—they they don't. They're a huge part of the movie, but they don't yeah. like. It's not so dense and like constant and beating you overhead. At least in the first film, it's, it, that it's like indigestible or it's like, all right, I'm rolling my eyes at shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is—it's done really, really well, and uh, and yeah, um, I will. I think it's interesting for the time. There are no uh, LGBT characters. In any of the ones I've seen, I can't think at least of any. Um, I think maybe in the Zion dance scene, there's probably some shit going on, but it just looks like a mass of bodies. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, that was one thing I thought was worth noting. But I think it's just in a product of the time of nineteen, mm-hmm. you know, nineteen ninety nine. And uh, I, I imagine that the new one, I, I we might see some. Uh, I'm sure. I've really heard some yeah. interesting things about the new one, um, but I'm not going to spoil them. I haven't heard anything. All I've seen is the first two trailers, and that's it. I'm worried just, about uh, your you and your expectations. We'll talk I about it say, later. Yeah, I, at the end of this, we'll, uh, this episode, we'll talk about it a little bit, um, touch upon it. Um, but what I was going to say was, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the almighty, the greatest interrogation scene ever made. Uh, between Smith and Morpheus, uh, towards it's the, the, end the smell. That's so good. Like, yeah, you know, it is good. It is. It might is be good. his best monologue ever. It is so good. Um, and the way that Morpheus is reacting, and he's got like his. They get him the shot, and his eyes roll on the back of his head, and he's just drenched in sweat, and he's shaking, and all. Like it's just everything is just so like intense and real, gritty feeling. Um, that it uh especially with all what you know going around it in the big mythos like this is just uh this moment is so much bigger than this room but it does such a good job of making you care only about what's going on in this room and like listening to hugo um i can watch that scene infinitely it is so good yeah i agree i agree um that yeah there's just like so many icon- that's what i kept saying to wrist i'm like iconic moment whoa iconic scene whoa 
<laughs> iconic moment. I just kept using the word iconic because it was like <laughs> these are moments that are like burned in my brain. You know, whether it's the the mm. opening scene with Trinity or the train, you know, the the martial arts fight scene, um, or um, yeah, the scene where everybody dies, <laughs> or uh, yeah, the, the, there's so many. There's so many. The, the Oracle scene. There's this classic moments that I have like memorized practically. Like I could probably mm. recite some of these lines. Um, they're so important to me growing up. Um, oh, I, there's one thing I wanted to bring up before, and I think we should start to wrap. We should start to move on. Is uh, um, so. What do you think about the cultural impact in terms of uh, school shooters, <laughs> um, and and like because that comes with edgy culture a lot, and you know, yeah. Columbine kids were in wearing trench coats and uh, we're having you know, Uzis, trench coats. Uh, and sunglasses are very much uh, the classic school shooter attire, and uh, you Did know. Did this come out before Columbine or after? I think it came out. Um, I thought it came out after. But yeah, that's what I thought too. But it's part like of that aesthetic. Like it's mm-hmm. no, it's the same year. The um, year. Oh, that yeah. I was gonna say because I knew they were trench coats for Columbine, and I thought that was inspired by the Matrix. But well, um, and like the, I was gonna that it will the. The whole Uzi trench coat thing was has been a thing since the eighties. Um, mm. It's just like the so Columbine was the month after the Matrix came out. Mm. So interesting, yeah. Um, and then like edgy nineties aesthetics uh, definitely fed into school shooter, vi- you know, school shooter vibes. And uh, I think that after that and after nine eleven also. You see, um, uh, in media and mass media, a huge, huge pullback from uh, violence and uh, and and certain things, especially stuff for for kids and teens. And the nineties mm. was fine to sell us, you know, violent sh- merchandise about everything. Um, RoboCop yeah. had toys. RoboCop is a rated R movie. Aliens and Predator have toys. R rated movies. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Toxic Avenger. R rated movies. They had a cartoon. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was an edgy comic before it became a cartoon. The 80s and 90s was all a fucking bout taking popular edgy shit, repackaging it, and selling it to children. Um, yeah. And I'm not, and like, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's all bad because I love all of this. Everything I just said to you, I think <laughs> is cool as fuck. And I like, uh, as an adult, I like seek out that kind of aesthetic from the nineties. Uh, but there is, you know, repercussions to that. And I'm not saying, and I'm never somebody that's like video games cause mass shootings. Grand Theft Auto causes violence or something like that, but it's something to, I wanted to at least consider it because of the way this movie looks and the movie's themes about authority. And obviously, honestly, we were talking about this with the X-Files, but this movie is also part of that, but also conspiracy culture. Um, which we definitely have as a problem in modern America. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could, you could take up a lot of the lines out of this movie and instead of re- replace the Matrix with just the government and, uh, and, and all the red pill. A lot of the conspiracy zones. Yeah, like everything is uh, uh, everything's a deep state control. Everything is control. Oh yeah, uh, and it's all like there's a there's this hidden secret about the world. You know that that needs to mm-hmm. be revealed. QAnon is some Matrix ass shit. 
Um, yeah. Like, not exactly, but it's this hidden knowledge, you know, that only so many people know about. The elite few. few. And, you know, uh, it's like, uh, what's that movie? They Live is this kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie being so pop, They Live was not as popular as the motherfucking Matrix or the X-Files. Or else everyone would be dressed like Roddy Piper. Uh. Yeah, that's that's it. We'll have twenty minute fights with Keith David. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, oh, I I I think that it is something to bring up with its legacy. It doesn't tarnish it. It doesn't. Mm. You know, I don't want to censor the Matrix or anything like that because this, uh, yeah. this is amazing. But I think when oh the it it was reinforced watching the Animatrix as well with some with like the kid story and um. Yeah, there. With those themes, you you have to at least bring up that stuff. Yeah, I I think that the movies transcended at least because um because the, uh, of how much of a pullback with. I think that like they can stand on their own and not be in this day and age at least. Uh, maybe not so much a decade ago, but I think it's 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 been enough of a separation where the movies have held up longer than that aesthetic with got like attributed with that era of, of, of school violence. Yeah. I'm not just school violence. So, but like the alt-right stuff that's still going on today or conspiracy stuff or, or what have you, like it has had a negative impact socially uh, in that kind of way. And not like it, it personally, but it, mm. it is used in a lot of propaganda with that kind of stuff, you know, getting, yeah, I, I, getting woke pro- probably comes from the matrix. Like I, I'm sure it's more than just that, but you know, yeah. waking up—the idea of waking up, like the shit Morpheus says—gets um, used. Sheeple. Gets yeah, the whole sheeple thing. It definitely. Yeah, Morpheus says that. And the Alice in Wonderland. Uh, he doesn't yeah. say that, but he's but it, <laughs> it's uh, the Alice in Wonderland thing, and uh, I don't know. It, it's it's something to to consider. Um, I think if it wasn't this movie, it would have been another movie or art form or medium or something that that you could go reach for or a book or something that would still propagate those same things. It might not be as uh, thrown as prominent as uh, into mainstream as, as this movie might have made those themes. But I feel like it was just like an inevitable with the way that humans are and the way that American politics have, have gone and are going. Well, and that's, um, it's people assign like there's a problem. With media that is, you know, has a message that is, you know, anti-capitalist. Squid Game is a perfect modern example. I haven't seen it, but I know its themes. And Squid Game has an anti-capitalist theme, very much like Parasite or something. And uh, and people, conservatives, will like the show, not understand the anti-capitalist theme, and then try to assign their own meaning. To, to justify why they like it. And I think that is exactly what happened to the matrix. Cause the matrix definitely is not pro conservative, you know, it might be yeah. anti-authority, but anti-authority can be left, you know, left as mm-hmm. well. Um, and, uh, so what you got here is I think a case of that where people, you know, they really like, this is, this transcends politics. Obviously, like you said, it transcends social shit. But I think because of that, when something is so good, it doesn't mm. matter, then people will then, they they try to retroactively justify their love by assigning some, you know, further meaning to it. Mm. Like V for Vendetta is another perfect example, which was produced by the yeah. Um, You know, V for Vendetta has been used by left people, 
and right people. Though it is, I would say, um, it's obviously that Alan Moore is uh, an anarchist. <laughs> so it's pretty left, uh, I would say. As left as you get. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but, what yeah. Do you, anything, you, anything you want to say about that? Um, I mean, you pretty much hit all the nails in the head. I think I, I think I got what I what I was trying to say out of it. I don't think I'll find better words. Um, but ultimately, though, yeah, I think the the, the Matrix can stand without it, and 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 it'll last. I think longer than longer without that content, like that around it, than with it around it. If that makes sense. All right. All right. So, what are you giving the Matrix? Um, I've got to give it a five. It's fucking dope. Five, baby. I got five on it. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like it's I need to so drop. Good. I need a I got five on a drop. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. No, no, no. Anytime <laughs> I, we do a five, we play I got five on it. And, um, <laughs> but all right. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, it may, I while I'm it, there. In some way, you could argue it's not a absolute perfect film, but for me, it just. Oh, it, I wanted to bring up the one thing that I that we talked about. Possible, it was a we we're like this is the only possible con we could think of, and we didn't. We were like trying to decide if it was enough to make it a four and a half. We decided not, but towards the end, you have um, after before the final fight scenes with with Smith and Neo is yeah. running running. While they are in, like, it keeps cutting to Neo running through streets while mm. they're in the ship trying to figure out, oh, fuck, the Sentinels are coming. And yeah. um, I thought that that went on a little too long. Um, that, like, we we're like, oh, my God, he's running still. Like, we get it. Just get to where you're going and then let's yeah. end, this, end this motherfucker. And I like, I thought that could have been a few minutes cut off of that. Yeah, I, I I always read that as like, oh, these are happening simultaneously, even though the cutting back and forth makes it seem like it's one after the other. The, it so is. I, I, I is forgive that. It, that. Um, it, it just feels longer. It felt longer. Yeah. It was the only lull for me. The only like, oh, this is getting a little... Like, all right, come on. I, I feel like because the, the, the final fight scene, is my, which is my favorite, is so badass that I don't mind that, like, it's that lull that makes sense and like yeah. i got enough suspense out of the sentinels and stuff and just um and the running and all that keeps up enough of a, a like a Energy. high frenetic feel that it, it takes me through it personally but i can all see right. that all right all right got it let's move on to the animatrix so i don't want to spend a ton ton of time on this but i want to there's a there's some really interesting stuff that i've found out while looking into this um, so we were talking about it before, but the, an the animatrix, the matrix reloaded and the matrix revolutions were all released in the same year. Um, final fight of the Cyrus actually was released a little, even before that as a, um, short film that, uh, played before Dreamcatcher. <laughs> if you, if you know that film, uh, know that movie. And, uh, but then they released this on DVD and, uh, looks like it was released in June and then they released, um, the matrix reloaded shortly after that, I believe, like not very long after that at all. No one said November for, for revolutions. Yeah. Reloaded was May and then revolutions is November. You said, I think, uh, let me double confirm. 
So but. what you have is, um, and it's an anthology. I would I would say of eight shorts. Is that what it is? Uh, nine. Nine shorts, and they are done by different um, animation directors. Some from the West, some from the most are actually from Japan, um, but. It's like some of the best in the business. Um, usually, and this is something I did not know as a kid. Like in some things, I was like, oh, this looks like, you know, this. Some other thing I like. But mm. I didn't have any idea. And um, so just going through them, um, the final flight of the Osiris. Oh, well, let's just talk about them one at a time. I think that's the best way. And then we'll give a score for the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the order, for some reason, the order on this Wikipedia is not the same as the order I watched. So that's the other thing to think about is when it was released on DVD, it was not a front-to-back movie. You watched it. Like, you could hit play all, but you really, mm. like, you were selecting them in the DVD menu one by one. Um, I think it's generally, generally what people did. Um and uh, so it's got a different, kind of got a different feel. Um, like now, watching it on HBO Max, like having to fast forward through the whole thing as one, one piece. You know what I mean? When it was like chopped up before in the DVD. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I watched it on Vudu, and it just gave me the, um, just the title in before each yeah. short and yeah. played it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, yeah, which is, I I like it that way. I know the pause beats to go pee or get a get a drink or something. Yeah, me and Riss actually watched it in two parts. Uh, we watched like four of them, and then we watched the uh, the last half. Um, and I think it was really it, it was really uh, it was nice to actually break it up that way, so it wasn't super daunting. Um, but yeah, which one do you want? Should we? T I want. Let's talk about them in in order the best we can. The one that started for me, which I'm sure was probably the same for you, is uh, is the Second Renaissance, which yeah, Part One and Two played for me first. Yeah, I would say Second Renaissance is the best one of all of them. Yeah, um, it is the most. I would say, I, I guess it's abstract. It's more abstract than I realized when I was a kid. I thought this was like literally what happened, and it is a history of what happened and led up to the events that set up the. The world of the matrix and it, I, I didn't realize it was so short either it's only 10 minutes each half is five minutes i remember this thing having such an impact on me as a kid probably one of the darkest mm -hmm. things i had seen um up to that point um with, yeah, it was fucked for you watching this one it is incredibly bleak it started it, it's first it's incredibly bleak towards the robots and then it's incredibly bleak towards the humans and uh, just a lot of gore and violence, and there's a little. There was actually a sequence that it wasn't sexual violence, but it was very reminiscent of. It was evoking sexual violence, mm. and they just kind of beat. It was like a. She was like a, an android. She had like, human skin, and like, uh, they like her top was ripped off, and but then they we found out she was an android, and they beat her to death. And, yeah, uh, that that big that first club to the face where where uh, before like. It's this club that takes the skin off the face. It's so impactful and hard that I, I didn't even care that it was the robot under well, the skin. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's that's the whole point. It's You're supposed to care about these robots as if yeah. because they're people. And, like, we could very well have a future where we invent AI, and if we, we can't treat, you know, sentient beings as slaves. Yeah. Um, what's That's just 
it's what's the difference between that and enslaving our fellow hu- uh, human beings? Um, yeah, you know, and like and this, this is not a new thing. This is broached in so many sci-fi uh, works. Uh, Data in Star Trek is a perfect example. Um, but, but yeah, so it's like the you're uh, immediately because like the robots obviously aren't going to be all these little humanoids like robots are going to be all kinds of different things they're like stylized to be look like humans and they're kind of cute especially in the beginning before the the robot uh, civilization develops um Mm -hmm. they kind of look you know not harm not very uh intimidating at all and they just even when they have guns they're just like holding little guns in their hands and and stuff and it's really cute um and then it just slowly they get you know, uh, they're the, the war machines, uh, develop and then they're fucking up everything. Um, and the humans are, are getting, you know, genocide to extinction. Yeah. After the operation dark storm on part two, where it's like that final battle scene, that's like the, which takes up the entire second half of the, of the part two. It is so the animation is insane looking for one, but the, uh, it is so like the battle when, yeah, whatever they they he, the most of the second wedding. part the the mo the, the, the most of the second part is just one battle essentially. Yeah, um, the but after the humans like started to think that they're winning and they're like celebrating and stuff and then through like the smoke and shit because it's so dark they can't see all these like squid crawlers start showing up and just murking everybody and like the guy uh, getting pulled out of the mech suit and his arms and legs gets ripped off and the uh so much of that sequence has such grotesque violent like human violence um and it's so fucked up but something about it is so good at the same time it's very um, reminiscent of 80s anime um yeah 80, i was it, late anime 80s anime is like violence at its peak akira is what it reminds me of that battle yeah. at the end. um or um jinro wolf brigade or there's a lot of movies like that uh in the 90s and, and 80s that are that was very reminiscent of um, and it's just done so well. And it's just like this budget is incredible. And then that's what you're seeing. I would be, would not be surprised if this is like the highest budget. Some of these directors had worked on, um, for a short, not because, you know, J- Japan doesn't have good budgets, but because it's for the motherfucking matrix, you know, a blockbuster. Um, yeah. these studios are throwing money at it cause they know people are going to buy these DVDs. Uh, so like you, you're really seeing people, uh, fantastic anime directors, animation directors, um, you know, with great budgets working on this property. And the, apparently the Wachowskis helped write stories for almost all of them, I think. Uh, well, they did four of them. They did four of them, yeah, that's right. Well, they I think they were at least involved, though, with everything, but they, like, yeah. wrote... They wrote a few of them specifically themselves. Yeah, they are the overall producers of the projects. They, they would have had a hand at everything. Um, so just some, so the second Renaissance, uh, probably, like I said, probably my favorite, um, and, uh, just incredibly bleak. Uh, it's like a documentary history, uh, history documentary of what happened and human beings suck ass. And, uh, so after that, what was after that for you? I, I think I'd program next. Yeah. I'd program next program. Which one's that one? That's the one with the the Kabuki samurai guy. Okay, the... okay, okay. This one is the worst one in my opinion. Um, I don't know how you felt about that, but this one isn't different. This one is just it's just action. There's like no substance to it. There's no interesting mm. story to it, and it's like it being samurai and it just like takes me out of 
um, it being Matrix. Like, it doesn't matter. Also, it, the the dialogue was not that great. But, like, the plot of it with the... It's a cipher shit, but then we find out yeah, it, was yeah. it was just a test in the end. Um, the uh, art yeah, style I is did, beautiful, though. Yeah, art style is incredible. I did kind of believe Phil Lamar by the end of it. Phil Lamar, uh, yeah. un Until it went out, and then I was just angry that it ended up being just a test because like, I wanted real weight, and it just like took everything, took all the stakes away and all the weight away. Um, so it was like kind of a letdown. But, uh, but the, the the animation is at least cool enough to give it like a watch and enjoy it from that perspective. So this the director of this is Yoshiaki Kawajiri, and he's done a ton of stuff I've seen. Wicked City, uh, he's a director of uh, Demon City Shinjuku. He's a director of Ninja Scrolls, which is many people, at least when I was younger, a lot of people considered it one of the best anime movies ever. Um, and... Uh, yeah, ton of stuff. X, um, ton of great, great stuff, and uh, so the, the, the animation is fantastic. The action is fantastic. He has a lot of stuff set in feudal Japan, so it was really interesting. Well, I guess not interesting, but uh, predictable that that he would take his Matrix and put it in the feudal Japan. Um, but yeah, like I said, this was my least favorite. I don't, well, how did you think? What do you think about that? Um, I think it's my. It's tied for my least favorite, I think. I don't know if I like the other one, uh, Matriculated. I don't know if that one is worse to me or not. Um, um, cooler themes in Matriculated. Just We'll longer. get there. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. Next was World Record for me. Um, yep. And uh, World Record's also, I think, in the, bo uh, in the bottom couple for me. Um, I remember when I saw this as a kid that I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And it was just, like, weird. I just remember being, mm. this is weird. Uh, the agents look different, and uh, it, it was very stylized. Um, and It freaked me out. It, but And this one was like, okay, I get it now, and uh, it's cool, but uh, it was, you know, it was one of the slower ones. It's one of the shorter ones. Um, that's about it. It's about a guy who's a uh, sprinter, and he's having some muscle problems. Um he's getting older and he's trying to break his record and he tries so hard his willpower and determination to win is so hard as his muscles are breaking down um he breaks out of the matrix and then runs so fast that he uh breaks the record and then is paralyzed uh do you think why do you think the agents were so concerned with him waking up they made a point to say the line like like do not let him wake up and then when he does like in the matrix i think movie, they just don't wake up they just don't want him. Uh, they don't want people to wake up. They didn't want Neo yeah. to wake up either. But like when the machine just unplugged him and, and drained him, versus this well, one, they, the machine's up, dumping him. He's dumping him in him the trash. Uh, they're dumping him Neo in the trash to die, in the hmm. in the first one. Yeah, well, I'm saying with this one, when he wakes up, instead of unplugging him and dumping him to die, it just they forces just him back in, him back on, and shock the shit out of him. And yeah, just it, it just I don't know, and just forced him back in. I guess it depends. Um, but other than that, that was my only like, I, like left me like kind of weird questioning. But uh, I love the animation on this. I, I I was super freaked out from this when I was a kid, just because like the animation is kind of scary. To I me. okay, so um, the, the animation is cool, but there is a part where his friend 
or trainer is talking to him before the thing and he just he's moving his hands like he's just like he's just like talking with his hands like this and just flopping them around yeah. and, and he's is this we kept making fun of it we kept me and risk just kept moving our hands like this talking to each other i liked it i don't know it was, it was uh I know, you know, it's just over. It, uh, over I was like gonna say it. it it's not, It was going for a. It's a style thing, but mm-hmm. I. It, it. I didn't think it was good. Um, but yeah, it was still fine. Still fine. All right. Next, I think we can move on. Next for me was. I don't. Know, I think Kid Story, right? Yeah, I think it was that or or Beyond, but I think it's no, it's Kid Story. Kid Story. Uh, Kid Story's good. Kid Story's good. It's pretty like basic uh matrix story of someone getting out but he's you know he's a, in high school um i i really like the art style in this one it, it's not it's it almost looks rotoscoped but i don't think it is i think it's just like this hyper detailed like it's shaggy but that's enables yeah. them to have the more like lifelike movements so much of the background i kept there's there some scenes where the background looks like real life like when he's having breakfast in the morning um and there's one shot in, in yeah the, that the one looked like looks a straight like up real look, life one of them looked like a digitized photo or something yeah and uh but then you have the rest of it that is just full animation just hyper detailed it kind of goes wild but i just love that everything um that the way that the characters are drawn all movements are just heavy motion blurred and like melting and whizzing and all it that. Feels like like I, I, it feels like a dream. It feels like a dream. Like it's like, cause he's think he said like, it feels like I'm dreaming when I'm awake Yeah. or whatever. Um, so kid story was done by Shinichiro Watanabe and he also did detective story later. And he is, do you want to know who he is? Do you have any guesses? Um, because everyone I've said so far has done some hits. Uh, like, I mean, not... something that I would know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, like something popular or something absolutely. more? Some of the most popular uh, shit ever. Uh, movie or, TV or, or anime? Like show? Oh, he's done it all, baby. Oh, fuck. Um, I don't know. Death Note or... Lame. Uh, you gotta think. That's... Death Note is is early two thousands. Think about the time here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is. So you were um, thinking nineties and eighties. I mean, nineties and eighties is for me is all just like Yu Yu Hakusho and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you don't. Um, all right. Well, I'll 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 spare you. Um, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai oh. Samurai Champloo, Space oh, wow. Space Dandy, Carol and Tuesday. Um. Oh, they're on that. Space Dandy was on Adult Swim, and Carol and Tuesday is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Carol and Tuesday is fantastic. He also directed the, the Cowboy Bebop movie, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I you really yeah. can see it in Detective Story. Detective Story is like yeah. straight up uh, Cowboy Bebop shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's noir, but you know, but so it's Cowboy Bebop is very influenced by noir detective stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that was cool. That was cool. Um, all right. So then what we got, uh, pro, uh, beyond was after that and beyond mm. is, was kind of like a, uh, like Ghibli kind of vibe, studio Ghibli kind of vibe it was like slice of mm. life. It was cute. Um, there was no like real 
threats of death <laughs> to anybody. You were scared because you knew that the agents were coming, but you know they didn't kill anyone. They just let them go home and and whatever. But this one was really really cute. Um, so the premise was like it's a haunted house, but it's actually a glitching. It's a glitch in the matrix. Like it localized to this place, and these kids have like found out that there's tricks with like gravity and and whatnot. What did you think about Beyond? Um, it was fun. I remember for some reason as a kid, I remembered it having a like a bad ending, like like a not bad as in like story writing, but like one of the kids dying or something. But so I was kind of just like a little let down that nothing really like crazy happens during this. It's just very much just a slice of life. Some kids find some things and the agents clean it up and then that's it. Um, but it's like it's just a nice break from from a lot of like the the drabness and uh, extreme art styles and some of the other ones that kind of like in the whole piece calms it down and smooths things out a little bit. Um, so the director of this is Koji Morimoto. Um, he, so it looks like he's mainly worked as an animator. He worked as an animator in Akira. He also did key animation and Kiki's delivery service and fist of the North star. Um, Kiki's is a great, um, uh, Miyazaki film. And, uh, so yeah, that I could see that with the that's why I I, I was like there's got to be someone involved with Ghibli involved uh, uh, that did this one. Um, it's really cute and uh, I liked it a lot. It, if it, I don't think it, I could have to like handled it if it was longer, but I, I think as it was, it was a really good short. Um, I lost my place here. Next is Detective Story. Detective Story is one of the best. Um. The the backgrounds, the textures of the backgrounds are fan fucking tastic. They look like photographs, and then they just have like the animation over top. That's kind of like what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, it reminds me of the spirit, like how it's like that threshold black and white. Yeah, it's look Sin through. City looking. I wanted to say that to Riss, like because I've been I've been trying to not get her to watch it, but I keep talking about it. one day we're gonna watch Sin City, and. uh it's it kind of reminds me of that and like obviously they're both influenced with the noir by noir um films and stories and this mm. is yeah pretty typical detective story but it's somebody trying to track down trinity they're being paid by the agents and then he finds out the trinity is cool and then you know fights the agents and he gets killed in the end um pretty short but but uh, so fucking cool um, the style and, and the story and everything. And I think the matrix actually lends its well, lends itself really well to the noir genre. Yeah. Especially um, with how like shadowy and noir moments that it has, like when you're inside the matrix, um, it's conve conveyed very well in that kind of like uh black and white art style. All right. So next is matriculated. Correct. Yep. I think it's the last one. Uh, no, Final Fly of the Cyrus is the last one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, matriculated uh, is done by Peter Chung. And if you don't, you probably don't know that name, but Peter Chung is a Korean American animator who did uh, the classic Aeon Flux on MTV uh, when we were young. Are you familiar with Aeon Flux? Uh, I know the movie. Uh, no, no. Fuck that movie. movie. Fuck the movie. Forget that. Forget that. <laughs> Um, Google the animation. You'll definitely recognize the style. Um, and he also did a show called Rain the Conqueror, which people like. Um, he's usually uh, noted as somebody who's like Western, but has very. Um, he's kind of makes Western anime, is what people describe his style as. Um, 
Aeon Flux is very sexual and there's and like very fluid and the 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 motions of people are very are very like squiddy. Um mm-hmm. uh and th- this is like that. So when I was a kid, matriculated was my least favorite. Um now I I like it a lot better this time, um, but it's still weird as fuck. And uh I like had a it, it's it's very interesting. All these people, the char- the humans are really unlikable. And uh, and then they all die in the end. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's probably why. And they're trying to convert robots. I guess they're like some kind of radical group that lives on the surface and is trying to capture and convert robots to the human side. And uh, they have some success at first, and then eventually they get attacked by you know robots, and they all get killed. The scientist was like so smug. At the very end, he's like, yeah. <laughs> "I'm gonna let out my robots," and then he dies. I know. And he- immediately dies too so it was just like why were you laughing it felt so weird yeah it's like you um, deserve to die weirdo I'm, I'm i'm looking at this eon flux and like uh stills from the mtv show and it looks so much like heavy metal 2000 yes it is like that but 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 different um which i also lot of, at times a, on the show felt that there's a lot of tongue kissing in aeon flux i did the the uh logo with the the fly and the eyelashes that is like the iconic, um, the iconic, you know, still from it, uh, or image like from it. Trap. Yeah, it's really cool. But, uh, so um, yeah, it, Flex is super cool. This is weird. Um, I don't think it fully, fully works, but it's an interesting idea. Um, it's not my, le- it was my, like I said, my least favorite as a kid. I don't think it's my least favorite anymore, but, uh, it's definitely weird. It was my least favorite as a kid. I think it's still down in my least favorite. I understand it now as an adult. I get what's happening. It's very um, sexual. It's very horny. Yeah. And yeah, and it just takes a while. I feel like it 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 it's just the slowest feeling one. It's the longest. It's I think it's the long. longest one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that would make sense why it feels so. Yeah, like all the stuff with the robot, like the humanoid robot in the consciousness thing, I feel like goes on a little too long. It's like 15 um, minutes. And then it just ends so abruptly when the robots show up and everyone dies. Like it just feels so quick. Yeah, yeah, um, I can see that. I can see that. I think I liked it because it it's. I think it being weird enhances it a little bit for me. But, but yeah. Mm. All right, the final one is the final flight of the Osiris. Um, I brought that up earlier. It basically exists to be the setup for the next movie. I I don't. I think that you can watch the second movie without knowing about this because they briefly explain it in the movie. But mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like when they do it in the in Matrix Reloaded, you're like, oh, yeah, I know about that. I just saw that. <laughs> and uh, they discover basically the, the plot of the second film um, that these the machines are drilling down into Zion. Um, so do you know who did this? This is the team that did the Final Fantasy movie. Uh, so I I, we talked about it. We did talk about it. Um, I was I'm mostly right about that. It's not the team who did it. So it's not the team who did the Final Fantasy movie fully, but it is Square US is who did who uh, worked on it. Um, it makes so sense. Video- more like the, the the render engine is similar. Um, yeah, it definitely feels like a Final Fantasy Spirits Within or the cutscenes in the in you know Final Fantasy eight, nine, and ten or something. Um. Yeah, this one is good. It's good. I honestly, I, th- I remember this one being bland when I was a kid. Like, it's just basic and basic Matrix story, but it actually is pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. 
as a kid, I, I feel like it didn't get good until you got out of that opening little dojo fight scene thing. Yeah, and you start doing like the drilling and stuff. And yeah, like, the oh, shit. the cutting the clothes off part was corny a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it was like kind of a gimmick, um, especially with just seeing CG booty cheeks. Um, <laughs> but it was cool though. It still um, it holds up like the the stuff where she's like um, when she gets in the matrix to do the key drop thing. Uh, and she's just like, di- like diving through the power grid, um, and going through like it all. Yeah, still that's holds all up cool. Well. Yeah, the, yeah, the, it all looks good. Um, the animation style looks better than Warhammer Plus. I tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. There's. I will this- say. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I will say after watching the drilling in that and then seeing the drilling shot in the re- in Reloaded, way cooler looking in the movie than it is in this. But uh, it still looks good though. It's still like gives that portrayal of of a fucking 250,000 sentinel army drill into the to the the earth core. Um all right. So yeah, well, that that wraps it up for the final fl- or the animatrix. Uh ob- it holds up really well. I think it is the second best uh matrix movie uh in my opinion. Yeah, I'd put it up there, bro. I I gotta see rewatch Revelations, Revolutions, but uh, as of now, yeah, I, it's definitely the second. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people seem to not like Revolutions. I guess we should save that, but seems like that's the at large to the public. Revolutions is considered the worst of all of them. That's so wild. I just because I always remember it being Reloaded being the worst, and people not minding Revol- Revolutions. Well, but. yeah, that is not the case, at least in the modern world. Um, so let's talk about Matrix Reloaded. Um, brief, we honestly we spent a lot of time on the on the last two, so we should probably um, move things along here. Um, but yeah, the Matrix Reloaded came out in the same year, and yeah, this movie is like, it's like I said, it's interesting because like the reasons I said before, because I'm invested in the world. But boys, this movie fail in a lot of the ways that that you expect the first one to fail. Um, there's too much exposition, way too much exposition. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it's not even interesting. Like I said, it is literally you meet a person and they talk. They just talk to you really quickly for ten minutes, and uh, the action sequences are not nearly as engaging. Um, the big action set piece in the latter half, the latter half of the film. Um, is way too long and uh, is an example of modern action set pieces that suck ass. Um, Wait, you're talking about Morpheus with the samurai sword on the semi? Yeah, all that oh, shit is so, so f- bad, dude. It's so- uh, I, think, I thought the the I thought the you could see like the see, like the green screen background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's too the, long. The choreography still was I like. No, the choreography is uh, good. It's just way too long. Like, yeah, that's the problem. I uh, overall, I I like this way more than I th- remembered liking it. I remember hating this as a kid because like, no. oh, this is nothing like the first movie. Um, the first forty five minutes are pretty good. I would say. Yeah. Other than Superman, Neo still is uh, like jarring to get used. It's to. It's goofy. Uh, it's goofy, and I, his outfit's a little goofy. Um, I feel like all of the outfits in this one age terrible, but rewatching the last one, I didn't mind any of I the said, outfits. I said the same thing to Riss. Uh, I said Trinity's outfit's worse, Neo's outfit's worse. Uh, I like... It's more leather. I like Yeah, it's shiny. Well, like, Trinity's being all shiny. She looks like Catwoman. Um, yeah. She looks like... Uh, like the Morpheus Batman. Gator scoot. 
Yeah, Morpheus' gator jacket, I don't hate that, and the purple vest, but uh, it's a little bit... Um, it's a little bit louder. Like it's not as muted as the outfit, mm-hmm. his outfit in the last one. Everyone's outfit is a little more loud, like not in terms of mm-hmm. color, but in, it's a little more ridiculous. And like, like you're going to notice this person in this ridiculous outfit when they come in the room. Whereas last movie, they were wearing leather, but they were more, I could see this person at a club wearing this shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, seemed, they blended in with the world more. Yes. They look ridiculous a little bit more in this one. And, uh, and, it, and it's not a big deal. It, that's not a breaker deal breaker for me, but, uh, it's the, that. And then I, I was going to say Morpheus delivers his line so much harder in this movie. He's enunciating even more. I didn't think it was possible, but he's, I can't, I don't have, if I wish I had a line just like queued up that I could just recite for you because it, it like when he's given the speeches to the, to, you know, the teams, or whatever is just like man, he's really enunciating. Um, it's the it's not terrible, but the performance is not as good. He feels yeah. more like religious zealot this one in his delivery than the last one. Oh, well, because well, that's I part. Of the, he, that's a plot in the film is his yeah. religious zealotry. Like, he just seems so much crazier than last one. He seemed like all right. This is a guy who like believing in shit but there is an oracle and everyone's like going but we didn't know that there we didn't know that everybody is the first movie makes you believe that this is what everybody believes the second film is what reveals that morpheus is actually in a not a minority but uh you know he's not a majority not not everyone believes this shit and uh frames it differently but i i think it's his he seems a little more fanatic uh Mm. in in this and maybe that's part of it that's why he's He's playing it a little harder in this one. And then like, mm-hmm. that's the problem. The movie doesn't fail in the broad strokes. I think it fails in just how it's all executed. Things are too long. Things are like too much. It's not, it doesn't have the nuance and subtlety that the first one has that like, yeah, we're doing all this over the top shit, but we're doing it with a steady, subtle hand that it's not you know, taking it too far, like mm-hmm. so much other shit in the eighties and nineties that are, you know, action sci-fi porn. Um, the Merovingian you- sucks. The key master sucks. It's MacGuffin <laughs> city. The MacGuffins on MacGuffins. It is very much the plot of rise of the Skywalker where it's like, go here, get this, go here, get this. I can't tell you any reasons why you're doing any of this. You just, mm-hmm. you must like, we just have to go, and think that it's what you're supposed to do. And like Morpheus talks about fate and destiny and like the prophecy, but it's just not enough to carry this thin ass plot. Yeah. I was going to say the the best and worst parts of this movie are the whole, you've already made the choices. Now you need to understand why I think it's such a great, like, idea to get you thinking. And it's a great concept. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my issue. But, but then it just becomes, uh, it just becomes everything, and it almost feels like a convoluted, big, heady uh, monologue by the time you get to the architect, where it's like, I'm getting information that, as a lore junkie, I'm loving, and this is so cool, but it's delivered in such a pompous... Not pompous, let me take it back. Delivered in such a way that just feels like it's, like, up its own ass, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, absolutely it, up like, its own ass. Like, it feels like they had the first movie, and it was a hit, 
and they didn't plan on making sequels, but then they the studio wanted sequels, and that's and then you get this movie, which is just all right. Well, I guess we have to build the world out now if we want to do the things we want to do, and that's this whole movie just feels like lore building. I think they had like, some things, but I don't think they had like an actual. They didn't have scripts written or anything. I think they had like broad yeah. lore information or or whatever. But they made the first movie not knowing that there'd be sequels. That's why it it exists. Yeah. It is able to be watched as a one film. Because of that, like the it implies yeah, this is that a the yeah the 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 first film could just be on its own, it, and that's mm. why it works well. Also, it does not need like you find out the end that Neo's go- God now, and then you see the thing about the Matrix getting shut down, and that's the end of the movie. Um, where mm. uh, like the expansion, I don't think to this level was fully fully planned. They expect they may expect it as possible if it was a hit, but like it was a mm. huge hit. Um, especially diving deep into the next thing being a a two parter, but ri- you know, shot as if it's one giant movie, and then that is such a hard thing to keep because you're looking at four and a half hours of movie. Uh, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. It's not supposed to be one movie. It is split into two, like stories. Well, no, I'm saying like wh- when you're shooting it as one movie. Yeah, okay, shot yeah, it, yeah, yeah. When you shoot back to back, it's really just you're shooting it like it's one big movie. And uh, when you get that, I imagine there's just so many like, because there's so much to cover and there's so much to do, and you're shooting for uh, like a almost two years, a uh, year and a half at least. Um, I imagine the pacing gets lost and just how you're doing things and like, do we have the time and the budget to go back and recorrect certain things or does this work? Does this not? Because it's like, um, you know, it's 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 a massive feat to undertake. It's a massive world that you've created that you've now you know, sunk yourself into a two-parter, like, epic. And I feel like that's why, where it gets lost. Whereas if it was maybe set up to just be one one at a time, and if we'll see where we go from there. But I imagine I imagine once they got the money and the success of the first one, it was just like, oh, where can we go with this? And it was just Idea City. But I, I, I wonder if they had the restraints of just getting stuck to one movie next, where it would have gone and how much it would have adapted um, what we saw. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I I think they could have done it. Like it's not like it was they they put themselves in a corner or something like that. Um mm-hmm. I think that is just they weren't and they're fine. Like the like the Matrix Reloaded isn't terrible. It just has it's just so far away from the original. Um mm-hmm. like I don't like I I'm probably going to hate on it more than my score will end up being. Um but because it just like it does so many frustrating things that modern movies that like Marvel movies I think do the like the weaker ones, um, with like the like I said the MacGuffins. It's it it has a lot of issues of sequels in fran- modern franchises today, um, mm-hmm. and I think, which is you know that 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 is is normal. But there's also a lot of I think you brought up something where it seemed like they just threw a lot of ideas at the wall and some of them stuck that maybe shouldn't have like the werewolves and, and ghosts and the, uh, the, like you said, the Merovingian. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly think the programs being more people and the Oracle being a program is genius. Um, and it yeah. seems like a yeah. perfect I say, I way. Like the, that like the prophecy is just like a part of the matrix. I think all that is really genius. But man, having to listen to that old guy talk at the end for ten minutes was just like it wasn't terrible. I was interested, but it's like I kept thinking to myself, "There's a better way to do this. There yes, is a better yeah. way to do this." 
Um, Even that same scene just delivered differently because it's just so there's so many big words inflating in there that it just kind of bloat what he's saying. What he's saying could take five minutes, but they're padding it with just even, all of these. I don't even think it's like what. I mean, I'm not sure if this is what you're saying, but even like the Merovingian speech is the same problem. I start getting lost in it because you just say talking about causality. Yes. You say causality a million times, and I'm exactly. just too, I'm distracted by this woman orgasming. I I have no idea what is going on. Because um, like me and Riss are like, is that woman orgasming? And then we just focus on that, and we totally stop listen, listening to what he was saying. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like that. It's just you're just repeating the same things. This definitely hits you over the head a lot more with the the control and and what are you in control of your own fate and all that stuff a lot more than the last movie did. While the last movie brings it up quite a bit, it it um it's needed just to because that's the whole theme of breaking out of the matrix. This one you're out. And now where do you go? There's too many characters. I think there's too many characters. I am realizing that now. Um, yeah, the Merovingian, and then Monica Bellucci, and then the Keymaster, and then the Architect at the end. Like, I think it's just one too many. Monica Bellucci's thing is like cool, um, but it's so small, and she doesn't come back, and it's just like what? Like, and then the fight with the Merovingian's goons. It seems so pointless when it's like we've done this before. And it's yeah. it, it's all good. And like when everything when you find out everything's prophecy, it takes stakes away a little bit. And like that was supposed to be the thing with oh Trinity has to die. It's part of all this. But mm. you know Neo fixes you know breaks the prophecy or whatever or whatever you know changes destiny. Yeah. I feel like that whole Merovingian fight is supposed to because he has those like one-off lines just talking about how like your predecessors had more or whatever but we haven't been spelled out to us yet that this isn't the first matrix and neo's not the first one but i think that's supposed to give the hint i just yeah don't so we're think starting it to learn hits, it i don't think it hits home to be like i picked it up this time because i've this my multiple times seen the movie but the at the time the you're just time. so absorbed by the mediocre action sequence which is like I don't. This the, one the chore- has, choreographed choreography wise, it's it's good. It's just choreography is fine, but I, I don't care. I I don't like the set piece that they're fighting in. Everything seems like looks like a stage. Nothing. It looks does feel like a stage. Like, it does feel the like first a stage. movie. Even though so much of the first movie is on a soundstage, the first movie all feels real and shot in reality. This movie, because the budget's so inflated, it, like the camera work is way cleaner, it's less textured. Um, like that whole courtyard with the Smith scene is all on a set, and it just looks and straight that, up like a set. Movie. I hate, I really hate it that. Takes you out of it. Um, that, yeah, the CGI and that takes it out too. Yeah, the CGI is really bad in this one. Like the way they use it more, and then it thus looks worse. Um, yeah. where it's probably the same level, if not better than the last movie. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Basically this movie, um, it just fails at a lot of the things, uh, that the first one does correctly. Um, with the Merovingian fight scene, it, it yeah, like it, the, I don't care how good a fight scene is. I, if I don't care then I don't I don't care how good it is. I don't care how good it is. The first movie, the training scene, I cared. The agents mm. fights, I cared. You know, the Trinity opening, I cared. Like mm. I don't care about the Merovingian fight. I uh I care about the freeway fight until it's 
gone on so long that I don't care anymore and I just wanted to end. Um, yeah, the green screen looked really obvious. Riss pointed that out as well on the freeway. Um, the freeway Which is just wild too long. To me. It's wild to me about the green screen because watching the behind the scenes for this movie, they built like a two mile long freeway just to film this movie on like from scratch built it and uh there's even behind the scenes of the stunt people on the moving semi truck and stuff so it's just wild that so much they did all that work and so much of that but the stuff with the actors looks so bad green screened into it um because man that would have cost a lot of money to build your own highway um yes yes it's disappointing but yeah. it's, I, I, it's, it goes back to my thing I was saying. It's like they've got endless money for this one. They've got uh, all chains unleashed, and it's like I feel like more restraints could have put them in something that would have been, that could have worked better, maybe. Um, something about but... the that green screen thing. I think we need to consider as we are watching it in 4K HDR versus, yeah, you know, standard definition when it came out. Um, you're not going to mm. notice that kind of shit in standard definition. I don't think. Um, That's true. Um, in the movie theater, maybe, but definitely not at home. And, uh, uh, yeah, so that is something, but even the Mr. Smith sh- shit looked bad then. I noticed the Mr. Smith, uh, clone fight looked bad mm-hmm. like f- five years after that movie, not even like four years after that movie came out. I remember um, it thought it looked weird when ne- the one thing that looked the weirdest to me was when Neo did his like spinning around, yes. hitting everybody. Yeah, with yeah. The Neo looks weird. He looks like rubber. Yes, he looks like rubber. He looks like rubber. I thought the same thing. Um, um yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't hate this movie though, and I definitely like it a lot more than I did as a kid. Um, I think that it is. I as of now, I still stands that this is the weakest of the trilogy, but I I might change that after this next week. But it is. Uh, I I like the, what it, what it's doing for the lore building is awesome. It's just how it's done in this movie kind of sucks sometimes. I I, um, I don't think it's a bad movie. It like I said, it's just it's much more inferior. It is much inferior to the original. If mm-hmm. the original's a five, then yeah, we're about to give our scores on what this one is. <laughs> what do you? I don't. I think we forgot to give our scores on Animatrix. So for real quick, what did you give the Animatrix? Uh, I, I was gonna give it a four just because everything wasn't a hit, but overall it was great. I give it a three and a half. Um, just cause even cause some of them, you know, like they were good. Some of them were good, but might have like not the best writing. I didn't like the Phil Lamar one, like I said, but some of them would have, it's like good art styles, carry some of them and whatever, but like as the narratives or in dialogue or whatever, but yeah, three and a half. I'm giving this a three matrix reloaded. I was going to give this a three and a half. Oh my God. I I I still liked it, and I think it's it's mostly the the world building elements, like the the lore stuff that is making me like it so much. Um, but and as a film, it is not like cinematography wise, it's still very well done. It's just not very well paced, and I think that's the the its biggest flaw is it's it, is uh, it's entertaining. And like I said, the first half is it's still really good. Um, yeah, the, the opening's cool. Um, interested in the world. Zion is cool. Uh, I want to ask you, what did you think about Kid? Kid uh, <laughs> having the Kid story. Kid, like there was only a few, um, you know, Easter eggs you got for watching the Animatrix. The Final Flight of the Cyrus was one. The other one was Kid. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of like not annoying, but like he's just he's. I feel like he's older than 
he is portrayed in the in the the animation. Yeah, he's but supposed to. He, the actor is definitely in like his mid twenties, and he's supposed to be mm. like seventeen. Yeah, and that kind of takes you out of it, and it just looks as like annoying guy rather than like like uh, a kid you saved. He reminds me of the adoring fan from Oblivion. I don't think you're gonna know that reference, but I don't. <laughs> when you get so far in Oblivion, this guy just like he's an elf and he follows you around. He's just like your biggest fan. He'll just show up outside a dungeon and be like, "Here you are." <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I am excited. Okay. The last thing about this, though, we didn't talk about the Smith taking over a guy and putting his consciousness inside a human brain. This movie ends really well, as I wanted to say. The ending that the reveal that Neo has powers in the real world, and the reveal Mm -hmm. that Mister Smith is in the real world, uh, and they're in the same ship, is super super cool. Um, What did you think about the bit? There was like a counterattack that happened off screen. Um, cause yeah. I, I think I barely understood that when I was a kid and this time I get like, there was a scene that we didn't, there was this battle that we didn't see cause we weren't there. Um, and the humans got fucked up. Uh, I, it made more sense on how they ended up on that ship and why that ship was out there in the first place. Cause everybody else was supposed to be tucked back. Oh, in the oh. what did you think about the, the guy with the leg brace, the, in the, in the like bridge broke and he died and killed the operator. Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, why did this happen? Ridiculous. What? Uh, um, just for the plot's sake. I mean, I guess yeah, the machines they were going, they were blew them up. Anyways. The yeah. Machine. They were going to die anyways. Cause the machine. So he didn't need to be killed. It just, yeah, I didn't make any sense. I did not. I did not understand why they did that. Uh, um, just more tension adding, I guess. It's I thought it would have more tension. Um, um, but uh, all right, all right. Like, well, well, I, I want to hear your thoughts on just that concept of an a, a machine, a program can be downloaded into like uh, um, a person, I guess, like because the, the the agents. It makes sense with the way that the the way that it makes sense with the way that they use the like the like they download shit you know into their brains so like yeah like and they um with the way that if he assimilates into this guy uh and then you know which then he becomes the guy in the matrix like the code version and then they just have to load him back into his brain or whatever yeah um i i mean i'm sure if you think about it it unravels pretty quickly but i think it works fine i don't got no i thought it's cool i think it's a cool idea yeah i i I think it it when i was a kid and even just you know like like in college stuff i i never i didn't like it just it that part took me out of it where the matrix is supposed to be where all the man like the phantasmal shit happens and the real world is where everything sucks and just his reality but i guess that's what like it's supposed to be the big change on that's the sixth version down. of the one yeah that's rather than the repeats of everything else but what happened with neo the trigger him getting powers in the real world is what i'm still trying to um figure out like is was it from smith fucking touching his chest a little bit and almost taking him or was no it just i don't think it's trying to say anything like that no it's just he's um, developing his his oneness he's, he's god yeah I, mean, I just can't help but is. feel like it's got to be tied to something. I, in the Matrix I, I think if it was it. something specific, it would say that it's something specific. It's not gonna. Yeah. Be, I don't think it's gonna like bury it in, in uh, whatever, in obscurity. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. All right. I think that wraps yeah. it up for us. Uh, next week we're gonna do revolutions and the new one resurrections, which I'm gonna tell you something right now. 
And if you you're gonna if, watch it on Max. No, but people at home, uh, if you don't want to hear anything about the new movie, then turn it off. This isn't a spoiler, but this is just broad strokes, vibe, early takes from the movie. I heard that the new oh, no. one, the new movie, does not have a ton of action and is mainly a love story. Interesting. And it's, and it's slow, like slower. Interesting. And, and is, it has been likened to The Last Jedi in the way that it subverts expectations and is a oh, commentary no. on the sequel, uh, sequels and reboots of the modern era. Oh, I did not like The Last Jedi. I didn't hate it, uh, but I do like subversion, and I do, and I do like fucking with people who just want The Matrix 1 again. Well, I don't want The Matrix 1 again, which is why I didn't like the trailers for this movie. Um, yeah. Because it just looked like The Matrix again. So I, I might like this. I'm, I wanted to tell you that, so you go into it with an open mind, and don't try to force it into the shape you want it to be. Yeah. Still might suck ass. <laughs> it still might be terrible, but uh, but I'm just, I want I'm glad that I found that out because I would have even have done that. I'm like, what the fuck? When is the fighting gonna happen? I heard oh, that it's not I, like, and so I also the last thing I heard, and this is a little more specific, is that the the action that is in the film is like the modern edited close cropped action. It is not because everyone's old. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's like they can't do choreographed martial arts now, so you have to do it that way. Which sucks because that's all fucking Keanu Reeves did in John Wick was like gun martial arts. Like yeah, doing, he, like, John well. Wick is like ten years ago. <laughs> well, the last movie came out a couple years, like only like two years ago, three years ago, like two He's years. He's getting ago. old, man. He's I know he's old. in his fifties, but. Yeah, he looks um, ancient in that new Bill and Ted, the newer Bill and Ted, which is wild because he that's shot before this a couple years, like a year or two before. It's shot like two years before this, and it's the beard. Keanu without his beard, he looks old. Yeah, that's old what it fuck. is. The beard is the beard has gave him a little more runway. Yeah. But all right, all right, we will do that next week, and then so I was looking at the schedule here, and then after that. Uh, maybe we do licorice pizza. So I finally looked into it. Licorice pizza is going to be in theaters everywhere on Christmas. So oh, okay. maybe we do that, and there will be blood. There will be blood the week after. Cool. All right, y'all. Uh, thank y'all for sticking around. For those that have, uh, make sure that you like and subscribe, and uh, do all the things that you're supposed to do. Tell a neighbor, tell a friend, and we'll see you again. See everybody. Have a good uh, one. Yeah. Bye. Blech.